thank you for downloading this podcast from Sound of Science. Lionel is a VW campervan, but inspired by the words and works of Carl Sagan, Lionel is the spaceship of our imagination. He likes to take people to the edge of the known universe, but before they go, we like to chat to them about music, life and science while we share a delicious pudding. This is Dessert Lionel Discs. Hello and welcome to Dessert Lionel Discs Extra, episode two. Lionel's passengers today are the Ootcast. Uh, hello, I'm Chris or Alpha, or, or well, I haven't a real name, but I'll just stick with Chris Alpha, and I'm yeah, I am in the Ucast. Hi, my name's Chris Sigma. I'm also in the Oodcast. Hello, my name is Laura, and I am in the Oodcast too. Hello, my name is Luke. I'm in the Oodcast for two days only, and I'm Aww. a full-time Doctor Who fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, I'm John, and uh, I am currently in the Oodcast, but a very transient human. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general. Yeah. First up, what's the Oodcast? You tell it very well. It started off as a a silly idea for a blog that I had that I asked the other Chris to help write. Hello. And and he said, oh, I've not got time for this, but I'll do it anyway. And can I ask my friend from work to do it? So that's how Andy, who isn't here, started writing with us. And, and I was right, wasn't I? I didn't have time for it. You're, you're I right. wrote, <laughs> wrote two posts. On, on balance, I think, we, we wrote a post about every episode and Chris wrote two, two posts <laughs> in about nine months. Uh, um, uh, and then we, we thought it would be nice to have a go at recording a, an audio podcast. We called it the Ucast in the hope that one day it would become a podcast, didn't yeah. we? We yeah. had preloaded that title right. in. Because right. well, you see, Ucast is only Oodcast one Oodcast letter. Was like a funny... A funny pun on the podcast you were doing at the same time because we were going to put it out on that that stream. That, yeah, that, yeah I was doing a podcast called the Oddcast, which oh. is also one letter away. I from... was in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So there, John was in that, and then we so the Oddcast was this little kind of offspring of that, but yeah. it has grown. It's, yeah. a, it's a, a, a daughter that has far, far outgrown its father. Uh, I hope <laughs> one day that will happen to my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Oddcast then? Uh, the Oddcast was uh, uh, myself, Chris, and uh, my brother-in-law, Owen. Um, and it was basically three guys uh, just it talking was, about nonsense. It was the hour. same as the Oodcast, but what it didn't have is that... any kind of direction that or anchor. focus. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Who created a uh, anchor so that we had a focus to, to kind of... Yeah, well, exactly, mm. to focus our nonsense. But also, we had this incredible installed fan base of Doctor Who fans who are the most mm. wonderful but rabid fans in the world and they will listen or watch anything that is even remotely related so we just picked up on that um and it starts off like all dot two podcasts just being a kind of a review show us talking about it but then we sort of realized the the doctor who doctor who is this incredibly creative program 
why don't we mm. do some stuff in the podcast that's creative too? So, yeah. Um, yeah. quite quite early on, I think we realised that what we didn't want there, there were hundreds of podcasts that review Doctor Who seriously, and they do it very well, mm. and we were rubbish at <laughs> reviewing it because we really we we, we, we like it. Too we much. we acknowledge yeah. that there aren't great you know there are some episodes that aren't great but actually we just love it and there's no yeah. there's no way we can actually just say well this was awful because yeah. even if it's bad we we all get together and say we loved it yeah. so it's still better than dancing on uh, ice so. yes yeah. and there's yeah. one crucial element uh we sat down the three of us the three males <laughs> to uh record in my living room and then laura who is my then girlfriend my now wife yeah. Aww. 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 <laughs> came in and said would anyone like some red pepper crudite? Oh. <laughs> and, and then I saw David Tennant on the screen. <laughs> and then she sat down, taped a microphone to an upside down chair because we didn't have an extra mic stand and just stayed and very, very rapidly became the best thing in the show. <laughs> I mean, very rapidly. They tried to make me go, but I stayed there with my red peppers and my lustful attitude. Who doesn't want red pepper crudite, <laughs> though? I mean, it's, it's true. It's worth... You know, even if you were rubbish, it would be worth. Yeah, they're healthy and delicious. And I like to think of Oodcast as the audio equivalent of red pepper crudite. Mm. (laughs) Crunchy, (laughs) good for you. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good with temper. And then basically, Laura is a singer. She started doing parody songs. We started writing sketches where we picked out uh, background characters or slight inconsistencies in the plot. So whereas other podcasts would pick apart these sort of slightly rubbish elements, we would try and turn them into a funny sketch about the inconsistencies, yeah. which is still a positive way of most, dealing with that. Most episodes of the Ucast are basically Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Some little minor character that everyone else uh, goes over yeah. uh, and misses out, uh, <laughs> like in the in the Udcast become that becomes a sketch which expands yeah. their story. I'm, I'm happy with this. We, we've now been compared to the Muppets <laughs> and, and, and Tom's 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 You are. Like, if that was a scale, you are dead centre of those two <laughs> things. So one of the first sketches, um, the tenth Doctor dies because there's this machine which has two booths, right. and one of them. Uh, and it releases radiation into the two booths, even though the controls are in the the, the basically the radiation vent. The controls are in the radiation vent. Mm-hmm. So we wrote a sketch <laughs> about the original designers of this machine. Like, Should we put the controls in where the deadly radiation comes to? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. I mean, we could put them on the outside, and yeah. that would have no difference at all to the functionality of the machine. Yeah. No, no, let's put them inside. I always yes. think this with um, uh, things sh- like big ships that have self-destruct buttons um, in various films, in you know, alien films or uh, Event Horizon, or, or I don't know that, that sort of thing. And they always give them like a 10 minute like it, take, it takes four hours yeah. to like put the key in and turn it and find the right combination and then you have to turn a thing at the same time as your friend who has to be a uh, superior officer uh, and then and then it goes right 10 minutes to get out <laughs> oh my god <laughs> we've got so much to do before we can leave bad design in sci-fi yeah well, okay, so um, this is, uh, as I say, Lionel, who is the spaceship of our imagination, which is fairly obvious to you all sitting Yeah, it feels like yeah, it. Yeah, um, ordinarily, what would happen is that uh, I would be talking to a scientist, yep. and um, they would pick some music and some books and films and things, and be sent to the edge of the known universe and back. Um, I'm not sure 
if I can send five Doctor Who non-scientists yeah. Yeah, who aren't scientists <laughs> to the edge of the known universe and back. Mm. I'm a scientist but I'm a social scientist okay oh. not a scientist <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of scientists would say yeah. we're scientists of fun <laughs> uh, we are at the Museum of Science and Industry in Manchester whoop, whoop. Why, why what are you doing here well, last night we opened the Manchester Science Festival with our rendition of the complete works of Gallifrey, Abridged, where we performed all 102 episodes of New Who in the space of an hour through songs, dressing up, poems, haikus. Graphs. Yep, graphs. <laughs> and general. Hats. Hats. Yeah. Idiocy. Yes, there were many hats <laughs> and a tiara. Hitler moustache. Yeah, all sorts of good things. Mm. Um, and it was great fun. We really, really enjoyed it. And we're back again today to do a kid-friendly version. Okay. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Still with the Hitler moustache, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think kids should know about Hitler. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're very serious. <laughs> Never again. Because we, we, we do a very straight portrayal of Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not informative. At all! <laughs> it's factual. Educational, informative. He factual. was compelling. Yeah. He was magnetic. Charismatic. Yes. And he had a very mm. big moustache. <laughs> very big. Yeah. It protruded down above his bottom lip. Yeah. I mean, all, below his bottom all lip. All photos of Hitler have the stick he was holding his moustache yeah. on airbrush now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, um, okay, well, as a member of the audience, last night I can say it was hugely entertaining from an audience perspective hooray, hooray. that's, hooray. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, what we were going for, for yes um, but um, please tell me it's not the last time you're doing it ever we're not no. what, if this podcast uh, goes out before the 16th of November which is one week before the 50th anniversary oh, yeah. we are doing it again at the Quest famous Questers Theatre in um, Ealing in London mm. okay and it's going to have a first half, which is going to be entirely improvised, an entirely improvised episode of classic Doctor Who. Oh. Yes, and we're going to have Dan Starkey in it. Oh, yeah, who, yeah, who's Stra- Stra- wow. I uh, will crush you like an egg! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and some, some of the uh, top improvisers in the country are all coming to do it, because they, well, they all are Doctor Who fans. Of yeah, Showstoppers, yeah, Grand Theft Impro... Um, School of Night are being represented, uh, the Spontaneity Shop... Project 2... Uh, the RH the, experience, the RH, the RH experience, uh, <laughs> and and a bunch of independents who were just excited by the idea uh, and are therefore <laughs> clambering to be involved in some way. Quite a lot of people on stage though. <laughs> there is. Yes, the yes. last time we did it, we had Ace improvising as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so Aldrin came along, and uh, which was a lovely surprise. I got an email about <laughs> email just saying, uh, "Can Sophie come?" Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she, she was can. delightful. She was amazing. Yeah, she gave was everybody lovely. hugs. She yeah. sacrificed herself to save some eggs yeah. <laughs> in the last scene. Uh, yeah, she was awesome. She, I don't think she's an improviser, but uh, she just she was great. She was absolutely brilliant. She was ace. It's that kind of humour. So Surgical <laughs> quip strike. <laughs> yeah. Have you not listened to us before? What are your politics? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one of the more quality jokes. <laughs> so if you'd like to come to the show, you can find tickets on the Questers <laughs> website. It's on the 16th of November under Q Who. So please do come along and see us and everybody else. Yes, yeah. do. Um, well, um, Lionel's just telling me that uh, he's enjoying himself and he'd like to take you to the edge of the known universe. Whoa! Oh, wow. Spark up those ion uh, engines. <laughs> <laughs> those ones. Well, 
That's a dehumidifier, John. Don't touch that. No, don't. I feel dry. (laughs) Did you know a dehumidifier uses four times the electricity of a kettle? (laughs) No. I do now. Well, Lionel's changing his mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, I made that up. (laughs) But a kettle is a dehumidifier. It's a rehumidifier. Well... It rehumidifies the room. It turns water into gas. I think gas is less liquid. Less, can we can we jettison people? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the door's open. Oh, the roof has gone up. Where are we for it? Um, right, so you can take... Uh, well, why not have an album each? Ooh. Uh, okay. Well, ladies first. Yeah. I'm going to jump right in there. <laughs> and steal everyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yes, yes, that's right. I'm flagrantly exercising my gender prerogative. Just say it before she gets around to it, Chris, because she's going to take ages. I'm going to take Rumours by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> Damn it. It's the best album ever made. Every song is an absolutely ear-orgasmic plethora of delight. It is brilliant. Do you have a particular track? Well, of course I love Dreams because of the multi-layered harmonies, but I think if I had to go for one particular track to have as an earworm for the rest of my life, it would have to be The Chain, because the bass line is awesome. We might take off to that one, because that's pretty take off music, isn't it? Yeah. We'll, see what, we'll see what everyone else chooses. Yeah, it's got a very heavy vehicle influence. It does, doesn't it? Reputation. Chris is doing the brass band I would have also picked rumours, <laughs> but I guess we're on the well, when we were all in line, so I'll be able to listen to rumours. So it's not a yeah. bad result, yeah. is it? I am not a huge. I don't have good taste in music. I know that I don't. I have brilliant taste in film, right? Uh, impeccable taste, but I don't have good taste in music. So I'm going to pick a film soundtrack. Okay. Um, and it's for a very uh, uh, people. Yeah, it's a bit of a crazy film. It's How to Train Your Dragon. The soundtrack <laughs> to How to Train Your Dragon is incredible Uh, and I do a lot of writing and I find I can't write to anything with lyrics because anything that has other people's words I can't write to so I always write to soundtracks and um, this silly animation DreamWorks animation uh, has the most incredible soundtrack this incredibly luscious it's motif heavy uh, it's incredibly emotionally layered and it's beautiful it's got a gamelan in it um, that isn't the reason I like it but certainly why my, my wife likes it um, and uh, and it tells the story you listen to it you don't need any of the visuals you don't need any of the dialogue um, the film is about a small boy who falls in love with a dragon who falls in love, in love no uh, like they they become best friends so that's a kind of love isn't it yes. and there is a track called Forbidden Friendship because the Vikings the Viking clan he's part of have sworn to kill all the dragons friends there's a track called forbidden friends which is the portion in the film where they come to a mutual understanding
is the soundtrack of two people becoming friends. It's the most beautiful track. motifs come back and uh, thread their way through the entire album. I'm welling up just talking about it, it's amazing! It's just brilliant and I recommend it to any, any writer who just wants something to listen to while they're writing, while they're creating. song that I like the tune of, I end up, because I was subconsciously writing a poem that I could sing to the tune that I've just heard, so I end up writing sort of alternative lyrics to the song, mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily make it a good poem, but but I can I could sing it if I wanted to. I think you should. This is why yeah, I don't listen to songs. No. <laughs> <laughs> soul with the Beatles because actually I think it's it's that point in the Beatles kind of musical career where they stopped being a mostly covers band with a few of their own songs and just did all of their own material they started transforming their own musical output into a much more um, distinctive style of, of, of music I think um, and there are some amazing songs on it uh, uh, Particularly, I think when I was growing up, it was one of the the albums that was played on on a, more or less on a loop in on car, long car journeys. So um, we'd sort of tolerate the second half of the album just to get back to drive my car because of the beep beep beep. beep yeah. <laughs> um, so I would, yeah, I'd be quite happy to listen to that on rotation all the way to the edge of the galaxy and back. Okay, you might have to share with the other people's albums the. Uh... The, the CD player, but I know, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I'll put it in and then break the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> has Lionel got a CD player? Yeah, he has. Uh -huh. Oh, wow, that's how we're doing this. It's retro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's so retro. sing-along tune I think and the harmony in the chorus is is particularly good to belt out I suppose oh. if that's possible with a high note when you've got a low note but uh, yeah I'll do it later I'll do it later my music taste my music taste your taste my music taste changes a lot, so um, uh, uh, like a definitive album is very hard. Yeah. So I'd like to say like a best of hits album, <laughs> but I'm not going to. Uh, um, now that's me, what I call music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but like a best of of all of them. 
Uh, so yeah. Now but, that's um, what I call now. That's what I call. Yeah, music. exactly. <laughs> so you can have over the decades. That would be great. Uh, for me, um, like one minute, yeah, it's like Radiohead or Green Day. But um, like my ultimate album, that I would take uh, is um, Billy Bragg, uh, Life's a Riot, um, with Spy v Spy, because uh, I like older stuff. Right. Uh, I mean, I like Doctor Who, which is which is older stuff. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Billy Bragg, uh, because uh, it was one of those albums where like, I listened to it just as I was like really discovering music and I was about 17 and my mum was like, oh, well, this was like mine and your dad's like favourite album and then I played that and I was like, oh, it's like mum music, it's not cool. And then I listened to it again and again. I was like, actually, this is really good. And as I've grown up, that's sort of become the album I always go back to. Uh, and it's just uh, Billy Bragg is a proper storyteller. He can tell a story or he's very passionate about things that he's believes in so he's really good and he comes across in the lyrics and I really enjoy the lyrics more than I do the songs the songs aren't the best songs ever written yeah. that's the odd thing but like like I'll listen to Radiohead and I'll be like oh this is beautiful this sounds so perfect but with Billy Bragg I listen to the lyrics and I'm like oh and it it hits me I, I, the stories relate to the things I went through and I'm like oh that's really that reminds me of that and that reminds me of this and especially um uh, a New England which is like the the ultimate Billy Bragg track and that's on that album. I was 21 years when I wrote this song I'm 22 now but I won't be for long People ask me when will you grow up to be a man But all the girls are up to school already pushing grams I loved you then as I love you still Though I put you on a pedestal, they put you on the pill I don't feel bad about letting you go I just feel sad about letting you know And funnily enough, it played last night while we were here in Manchester. That was part of Hooked, right? The kind of what makes a song that stays with people. Mm, that's yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that, and that. I think Billy Bragg is really good about that because his songs are so meaningful and that album is so meaningful. I saw two shooting stars last night, so I wished on them. They were only satellites and wrong to wish on the space hardware. I wish, I wish, I wish you cared. stays with me because of more the meaning as opposed to the music but because it means so much the music is like oh it's so good and yeah it's like a person who you fall in love with who gets more beautiful yeah because exactly. you're in love with them that's exactly what it is oh doctor who quotes is he? <laughs> yeah is that's it? what amy says about rory oh yeah because oh. he is a dog <laughs> looking for another girl looking for another girl I got kettled with Billy Bragg once. Oh, what? Yeah. What were you protesting? Just, you know, stuff. <laughs> stuff. Uh, my album was a double EP release um, uh, by a band called Duke Special. Um, and and the, the double EP uh, was made up of two sort of mini albums, about six tracks each, one called My Villain Heart and one called Lucky Me. These albums are closest, the closest to the what they sound like live. Absolutely gorgeous sort of folk music with the kind of humour within it uh, in many ways. And these, it's a small band. There's about five of them, I think, when they're the largest. But between them, they 
play an orchestra of instruments, or it feels like an orchestra of instruments. The main guy, um, uh, known as Duke Special, is this uh, thick, kind of rich, uh, Belfast accent uh, that comes through in his music. Lucky me, I finally see I've got you as a friend. <laughs> the highlight for me for the band, being a drummer myself, is um, uh, Duke Special's drummer, a guy who calls himself uh, so Temperance Society Chip Bailey, <laughs> <laughs> um, who, uh, if, if Dada could ever be described in in the language of percussion, uh, it's just this man uh, who has uh, he has this drum kit that's made out of loads of bits of drum, old you know drums from uh, kits, mostly vintage, and then just stuff. He has a stick that he bangs. Uh, which I forget the name of, which is just covered in bells. It's, I don't think it's called his bangs. Uh, it has some bells and whistles and, and all sorts on it. And sometimes he'll come and come out during the song and just bang that. Is um, a that as his entire production, and he's backed up by these uh, incredible musicians. Their music is just so. It fills everything that I want um, in, in music. Such a thrill my head you fill Your grace betrays your heart And I'm sorry that And those two albums, because they came out the first time, they were the first of my experience of Duke Specials. Can I just say I saw Jim Bailey once wander out from behind his drum kit, walk off to the other end of the stage, realise he had a cymbal crash and just throw his stick across the entire stage. Yeah. Hit the cymbal at the right moment. <laughs> like a ninja. Uh, there's there's uh, one song he um, uh, he plays under um, entirely on an egg whisk and a cheese grater <laughs> into a microphone um, and it, his 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 percussion for that song is just entirely kitchen based. Yeah. Well, I, maybe you could recreate that because we're in line on he's a capital man as well. Yeah, 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 if you've got an egg whisk, I can. Uh, <laughs> yeah. well, well, don't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but we better get you going because although he is a space and time machine, uh, you've got, I've got a show to do. Yeah. Um, so there's actually no reason to get going, but anyway, that's all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could go for 80 years, yeah. as long as he's still a time machine, yeah, exactly. we are fine. It really doesn't matter. These guys are a lot older than yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, oh, hang on. Oh, Lionel's just saying, if you can all agree on one series of Doctor Who, he'll let you take the box set with you. Oh wow! The new I series of oh, the classic well. series. <laughs> that's that's hard for me because my um, my Doctor. I'm I'm less of a Doctor Who fan. Uh, I love Matt Smith and haven't really watched any of the others. Okay, okay. well we'll discuss it without you then. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll just conform. To okay. Our, uh, I mean, it seems to me that I mean my pitch would either be series three or series five of the new series. Mm. Series three has that incredible run of Blink, yeah. um, Family of Blood. 
um, what's it? Human Nature, so Family of Blood, uh, Utopia. Yeah. Um, 42 is also actually yeah. quite good yeah, and it has yeah. and Smith and James is pretty good it does yeah, that is a really it's good, got a good yeah. uh, run or season 5 which I think is it feels like the series Moffat's been waiting to write his whole life and has a huge amount has of has that got the Doctor's Wife yeah what's the one with the Doctor's Wife in it no, that's no, six that's but you can't six. have a season just for one episode it is a very and, good and the girl who waited yeah, if we don't agree we're not going to take any box set with us though the complete works of Doctor Who that's Can't we have the box set that has all of them in that they're about to release? <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, if we can fit all of them to an hour for a show, surely we can... No, we have to decide. Because that means we get, like, 42 in a nursery rhyme. <laughs> or half a nursery rhyme. Um, uh, yeah. I, I would probably vote for Series 3. I would go with Series 5. Oh. I'm going to cast the deciding vote then. You haven't, got a, you haven't got a deciding vote. <laughs> well... I do now. Well, you do if you vote for the same one. Series three. Se okay. Well, it looks like we're not taking anything. <laughs> well, uh, it has to be unanimous, doesn't it? Line or sound? Well, I'm the deciding. Well, there you go. Because if you go choose so now, I can just, I can and then just... John has a, an overriding vote. We've got two for three and two for five, haven't we? So I can arbitrarily vote for either. Or oh, I said both. I'm picked. Uh, okay. uh, we'll pick them. So we've got five. No, yeah, three, three, five, three. Five. Okay, so, now. so um, so three is Tennant, yeah, and, Martha. and five is and Amy Martha. Pond. Oh, uh, yeah. oh John, oh. John, series five is called five. Karen Gillard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're taking series five, please. Series five, yeah. Um, okay, well, um, I'll uh, it's been lovely talking to you and um, enjoy your trip to the Edinburgh University and back. Thanks very much. Um, Thank you. I'm going to leave you to it, uh, which means I need to get across here and open this door. Have fun! Bye! Bye. Hey! There we go. Hello, this is fantastic.